Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 30th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic daily.com and we have a I guess it would be a typically Orlando Magic shows we'll we'll recap the weekend's actions and the emotional highs and the emotional lows that come with it it was a pretty interesting weekend uh, and so I'll quickly recap the games of course the Magic falling to the Boston Celtics and then coming back and defeating the Toronto Raptors on the road they'll face the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight up at the Target Center at 8 p.m. Eastern time from there, I'll talk a little bit about my reaction to that loss to the Celtics and, you know, something that maybe isn't as dire as it was before, but uh, kind of a recap of a week of statements from management, statements from the coaching staff, coaching staff, statements from the team in general, just pushing, you know, continuing to push the way forward uh, and just how this team just has not met expectations. So I'll, I'll comment a little bit about that. And then I'm going to talk about Nikola Vucevic. I talked about him a little bit last week. Certainly more to talk about with him today, especially after the way he played Sunday against the Raptors. But let's get to those games first. The Orlando Magic started this three-game road trip up in Boston against the Boston Celtics at TD Garden, and it was not pretty. From the very beginning, the Celtics got what they wanted offensively, did whatever they wanted, drove into the paint, got got to the basket and scored. Once they were tired of doing that, they started dishing it out to three-point line and started hitting buckets, and the Magic's defense was completely useless. They were unable in every way to withstand the onslaught that came from the Celtics. Uh, the defense just was not very good. And and unfortunately, that's been a reality for the Orlando Magic for some time now that they just don't stop anybody. And the Magic's offense was not much better. They, they really struggled to move the ball. Uh, no one seemed to have their A game. And uh, you get beat pretty badly by a team as good as the Celtics if you don't have your A game. I mean, the realist, the realistic thing at this point, uh, and I'll talk about this, I guess, in a little bit, but the realistic thing at this point is that this is a team that's in the bottom 10 in offensive rating and the bottom 10 in defensive rating in the NBA for the entire season. That is the definition of a lottery team. If, if I, I don't know what else it would be. The Magic are, I guess, still technically in the playoff hunt. But Friday, they were officially tied with the Miami Heat and passed up by the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Obviously, the standings change every day, but the Magic are now fighting to stay out of 14th in the the East, not just 13th or 12th or wherever. They're they're fighting to really stay out of the basement and not uh, not even staying in the playoff picture at this point. So, uh, a disheartening loss for that reason, especially with two days off and all the talk about what the Magic were planning to do uh, but uh, it just it just never came to the Magic got beat up and beat up badly. Of course, the Magic have a a funny way of recovering from these types of losses. Whenever Frank Vogel seems to call them out, or you know they seem to have one of those big uh, those big uh, 
uh, uh, meetings uh, where they uh, uh, really talk about uh, what's going on or they have a big video session. They get kind of chided. They come back with a little bit more effort, a little bit, a little bit more energy. And, you know, it's hard to come out with less energy than they did Friday night against the Celtics. But Sunday, they certainly did that. Sunday, the Magic looked like a much different and a much better team. They went out there and beat the Toronto Raptors 114-113. to 113. And this was a game uh, where the Magic looked like a, looked like a pretty good team uh, in some stretches. They opened up as much as, a, I believe it was a 15-point lead at one point in the second half um, before the Raptors came charging back. Gave it a late run, but never really got close enough to make the Magic worry. There was a point where they got it down to 5, uh, and the Magic immediately went out on a 5-0 run to close the game out. Nikola Vucevic with a really nice block. Jeff Green with a couple of baskets. Um, and then they, you know, were able to hit some threes late, and the Magic were struggling to hang on. They took, they missed some open shots at the end, uh, struggled to maintain the lead, but they made their free throws and held on for the 114-113 win. The big turning point in the game was the second quarter from the mid-second quarter to the end. The Magic were down by, I think, uh, think uh, 11 at one point. The Magic go on a 19-0 run. Nikola Vucevic with eight points in that 19-0 run to go ahead at halftime and really hold control of the game for the rest of the rest of the time. It really felt like Orlando was up maybe 10 or 11 points for much of the third much of the second half. Toronto made a little bit of a run toward the end of the third quarter, but then the bench came in. DJ Augustin was really good. Jeff Green was really good. Uh paced the team really well. CJ Watson hit a big shot uh to end the third quarter. Uh, that gave the Magic, I believe it was a four-point lead, then they added a free throw to make it a five-point lead entering the fourth quarter. Uh, the free throw from a technical foul uh, on DeMar DeRozan. Uh, and the Magic were seemingly off to the race, or not off to the races, but they they did enough to win the game. And at times, their defense looked fantastic, as good as it probably has in some time. Maybe not as good as it has in some time because they that, that Bucks game is sitting there, but the Magic defense looked really good for, for good stretches of this game, and, and that enabled them to win the basketball game. I mean, they, they win only one quarter, but it's 33 to 15. That's a pretty big cushion to play around with, uh, and, and the Magic used that cushion to full effect. They were able to, easy, to not easily win the game, but they were able to take control of the game, hold on to control of the game, and win the game, breaking a seven-game road losing streak, ending their own three-game losing streak. I believe it's three games, whatever, losing streak, ending their own losing streak, and picking up a big win. The Magic now have road wins against the Spurs and the Raptors. Those are nice road wins. Um, you know, we kind of we've talked about at one point about how this team is a pretty good road team at times. Obviously, not so much lately, but this was a a, a solid win for the Magic. Obviously, you'd like to see them finish it a little bit better, but you know, I think that's kind of the reality when you're a you know kind of middle tier, lower tier team facing a good tier team. The good team doesn't always have to play their best to really compete with you. Uh, you have to play your best to compete with them. And the Magic played a pretty solid game. Not going to find a lot to complain with on my end. There were certainly some players that maybe could have done a little bit better. But I'm not going to complain too much. A win is a win is a win is a win. And despite everyone saying, oh no, the Magic need to tank, they need to start losing games, and you need to get better draft position, I'm of the belief that if you're out on the court, you go out and win, and and I and I think the Magic did that, and they played hard, they played well, and they deserved a win tonight. Let's run through the stats real fast before we move on to the rest of the show. Nikola Vucevic, as I said, 19 of his 25 points in the first half, including eight in the second quarter. Uh, they win. He scores 25 points in the game, nine for 17 shooting, 10 rebounds, five assists, four block shots, including a big one 
that helped the Magic go on a 5-0 run to really put the game away. When they got up by 10 with about five and a half minutes left, that felt like the game was over. And obviously Toronto made a little bit of a run at the end, and Orlando had to make some free throws to close this thing out, but they made those free throws and never really felt like the Raptors were a serious threat uh, for the rest of the game. Uh, DJ Augustin comes off the bench to score 21 points, 7 for 10 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 3 assists. Largely playing the shooting guard role, he did a good job on spot-up threes especially. A uh, good job attacking, uh, found found his way uh, around and... and uh, was really comfortable in the role that, that he played. A good credit to Alfred Payton. He's 4 for 13, but 10 assists on the night for Alfred Payton uh, as well. Serge, uh, not Serge Ibaka, CJ Watson with 15 points. I didn't even realize he had 15 points. 5 for 8 shooting. Did a good job spacing the floor. Made baskets. Got to the basket. You know, Didn't make a ton of mistakes uh, on offense. His defense has been solid. A lot of deflections. So he does what he does. I mean, a lot of people ask me, what does CJ Watson do? C.J. Watson's in the right spot defensively. He's active with his hands. Uh, he does a lot of that gritty work that doesn't really get measured very much, um, and, and it's tough to measure, but C.J. Watson had a good game, so give him credit for that. Uh, Jeff Green comes off the bench to score 16 points, 6 for 8 shooting. This was a good Jeff Green game. We, we kind of joke about it a little bit amongst the writers uh, that, that Jeff Green does have good games and bad games. This was one of those good games for Jeff Green that makes you say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Jeff Green could be a pretty good player. Still has a tendency to stop the ball. I think in the second quarter when Toronto really took their lead, it was because of some uh, quick shots that that a player like Green was taking, or, or players that some of the players uh, on the uh, Magic were taking, which they have a tendency to do. That bench unit really struggled to start the second quarter, but Green made shots, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, and that was a big that was a big reason why the Magic were able to win this game. So a big win for the Orlando Magic. Wipes, you know, washes out a little bit of the nasty taste of that loss to the Boston Celtics. Uh, obviously, uh, you can't get that one back, uh, but a good response here. Uh, and the Magic will have to have another good response against a team that worked them again uh, earlier this season when they go to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves have been playing pretty good, pretty okay lately. I mean, this is a team that's a, that's kind of on the Magic's level, but obviously Minnesota will have the best players on the floor with Wiggins, Towns, and Levine. Uh, so the Magic will have to uh, take care of their business here. And uh, not take care of their business, but they'll have to be sharp again on the back end of a back-to-back and uh, go out there and try to win the basketball game. Like I said, though, uh, Friday's game led to a lot of questions. Um, that you don't lose by 30 points for, I think it's the fourth time, the third or fourth time this season, uh, get passed by Philadelphia, get passed by Miami, you know, fall to 13th and not have these questions be asked, especially after a week where general manager Rob Hennigan did his midseason media blitz, uh, you know, hit all the radio stations. I mean, it was or hit all the major publications, uh, OrlandoCentral.com, uh, OrlandoMagic.com, uh, 740 The Team, uh, ESPN Orlando. Uh, he hit all the big sports stations in town. Didn't call Orlando Magic Daily, Rob. <laughs> Just, 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 just a suggestion next time. Uh, but you know, hit, hit, hit all the major, major, major points. I mean, we got him repackaging much of the same message over, over and over again. There's some little nuggets to take from each interview, um, but you know, he he does do a very good job sticking to message. I'll get you got to give him credit for sticking to message uh, very, very well. But uh, much of that conversation that happened uh, in the week of interviews with Rob Hannigan. He he's very much repeated a lot of the same a lot of the same notion that 
we believe we're a few pieces away from the playoffs. We still believe that with some internal improvement uh, with the roster, we can make the playoffs. We don't know what's wrong with the defense, but if we can rediscover the defensive, his words, defensive spirit of the first quarter of the season, we can make a run and make the playoffs. And and right now, the intention for the Magic, agree with it or not, is to continue pushing to make the playoffs. And it's a, the Magic are five games out, which is not impossible, but with about 35 games remaining, it's going to be very, very difficult for the Magic to make that kind of a run. Of course, the trade deadline is coming up and everyone's expecting the Magic to make a move and what kind of move they make might very well be determined by how realistic those playoff hopes are. If the Magic really believe they can make a push for the playoffs, they might decide to keep Serge Ibaka. If they believe that that ship has sailed, they're probably going to have to ship him out. The kind of player they bring back in, do they bring back in a veteran? Do they chase after Goran Dragic, who it, it... it's pretty wide. I think it's pretty widely known that the Magic have asked about him uh, with the Miami Heat, and maybe the Heat aren't ready to deal him yet. Maybe the Magic don't have the right package to get him. Uh, who knows what that Nikola Vucevic deal that was rumored from Mark Stein of ESPN.com was really about? Um, is that the kind of player the Magic go after if they don't feel like they can make the playoffs? I mean, that's. I think that's a very serious question too. But it all comes back to that one basic statement that was made at the beginning of the season, that was made last week by both Rob Hennigan and even by Frank Vogel. I mean, Frank Vogel said, everyone's counting us out. We still believe we can make the playoffs. It's This team has been very frustrating, has been very inconsistent, has been unable to turn that proverbial corner. And so question that I have is, and I think the question that a lot of Magic fans have is, who is to blame for what is turning into one of the most disappointing and frustrating seasons in Magic history? Obviously, and I think this is very important to, to note, progression is never a straight line. There's, there's, It has its ups and downs. It has its twists and turns. Just ask the Milwaukee Bucks. They made the playoffs. They had one of the worst records in the league. And then they turned it back into a, a playoff team, or what we think will be a playoff team. It's never a straight ascendancy up. Granted, and I think this is the big part, granted, it's been four years for the Magic since they last made the playoffs, and there was a fair bit of antsiness about making the playoffs in year five and preventing this from being the longest streak, the longest playoff drought in Magic history. And that put a lot of pressure on this year. And so, with with all the moves that were made and all the promises that were made, it does beg some questions. It does beg asking at least a little bit. Where do we put the blame for this season? And and if that's the case, and if and if we can pinpoint this, maybe maybe we can find some success this season, or maybe derive a little bit of joy from the rest of the journey of the 2017 season. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in shifting expectations where, you know, you have your preseason expectations. Uh, certainly, if your team outperforms those expectations or looks like it's outperforming those expectations, you shift your expectations up. If your team is beginning to underperform those, you know, you don't lose sight of what you thought the team was going to be at the beginning of the year, but maybe you shift your expectations down a little bit. Um, certainly, I think... 
making the playoffs is a very basic goal, and I don't think that was asking a lot. Uh, and so there may not be a downward shift here. So who's if, if this if we're to believe that this Magic team is not a playoff team, who's to blame? And I think in this instance, everyone has their bit to blame, because I see a lot of people blaming Rob Hennigan straight out, and I think Rob, you know, judging by his interviews would agree he is one of the first people you should blame. He put this team together. As flawed and as troubled as it is, he put this team together, fully knowing, perhaps, that that there was a playoff directive. He's the one that ultimately holds responsibility for putting piece A with piece B and presenting it to the coach to figure out how to make it work. It was very obvious from a whole bunch of people that this roster was very loaded in the front court uh, and may not have emphasized or rightly featured its best players in a way for them to succeed. It, it stunted a lot of players' growth, perhaps. And Hennigan, and I think he would freely admit this, shoulders the blame for that part of the problem. But he's not the only one to blame. I think you can put some blame on Frank Vogel, too. As good as Frank Vogel is as a coach, there is a reason Indiana grew tired of him. And some of it might be his demeanor. Some of it might be he does not, you know, he's very analytical, you know, very positive with his approach, um, very calm with his approach. And this team with its effort issues may not need a coach that's complacent, that, that at least on the surface seems complacent. I mean, granted, we don't know what happens, but, you know, the player said Vogel got angry Saturday after the loss to the Celtics. And then look what happened Sunday. The team played with a lot more energy and a lot more fire, and it worked. Vogel's not the guy to, to, to stand on the bench and yell at people. He's, he's, he's a positive-minded person, and, and, and there's a place for that. It's, just, it's a style. But in addition to that, maybe, Vogel's been a little slow on changing rotations, and he's tried a lot of different things, but he hasn't maybe thrown the kitchen sink at things. He's very much stuck with what he thinks will work, perhaps a little longer than he should. And I think, you know, maybe Jeff Green is a good example of that. Uh, Jeff Green's been very up and down, as as inconsistent as any player on the team. Uh, He's stuck with two guard lineups featuring C.J. Watson. He has not played Aaron Gordon at the four at all, hasn't even experimented with it. At this point in a season where nothing seems to be working, you need to be willing to try everything. And I think there's still a moment, there's still moments where Green was playing more than Gordon when it was clear Gordon probably deserved a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. And of course, as many fans will point to, not playing Mario Hazonia at all for long stretches. He didn't even he didn't even get into the game Sunday against Toronto. He's completely out of the he was out of the rotation for that game. That is troublesome to Magic fans, of course, because the Magic invested a, a high draft pick in him, uh, and they want to kind of see him play without a leash. Now, whether he deserves to play or not might be another issue, but with how the Magic have struggled some, it sure seems like he needs to be willing to try anything. 
if that makes sense. And I think that's part of what's missing and part of the things that Vogel has struggled with this season. Granted, Vogel, though, has done a good job with in some areas. Nikola Vucevic has turned into a fantastic, not a fantastic, but a solid defensive player. A reliable defensive player now, as I'll, I'll discuss in a little bit, but that I give I give Vogel a lot of credit for that. You know, give Vogel credit for figuring out a way to use Gordon more effectively at the three. There's still hiccups, obviously. Um, but they've tried to use him more effect more effectively, and you know, he's given him a lot of faith defensively at that position as well. But as much as you want to lay blame on the general manager and the coach, the players deserve their share of the blame too. Because coaches can't coach effort. Coaches can create a game plan, create a system, and implement it. But ultimately, it's up to the players to execute. And like I said, I think there's been adjustments that Vogel maybe needed to make when it was clear whatever was whatever he was teaching wasn't clicking. But at the same time, these players know what they're trying to do works. It worked in the first quarter of the season on the defensive end. And yet, they haven't been able to get that back. They know what works. And if they play offense the way they've, frankly, the way they've played offense for the last three weeks, last two months of the season, with that defense, they're going to win basketball games. They're going to be competing for a playoff spot. And yet the Magic can't get that back. Perhaps it's player combinations, perhaps it's all that, but at a certain point you just go out and play. And on defense, the Magic look like they're lost. They don't look like they're on the same page ever. Communication's really poor. You can tell they're not talking, they're not talking out on the floor. They're not doing some of the basic things that they need to do. Like like I say, like I've said, defensively, you can always tell if the Magic are good by whether the weak side guard crashes down on pick and rolls to, to guard the guard the big on the weak side. Sunday, they did that. I saw Alfred Payton crashing down and, and helping the bigs. Friday, Nikola Vucevic was on an island. And he was taking the guy with the ball and no one was guarding his man and helping him out or helping the weak side out. That can't happen. And that's not on the coaches. The scheme is fine. The scheme works. It's on the players to execute that scheme and to play at that level. And so you can see everyone has their shoulder, has their blame to shoulder here. Everyone within the organization. This is a, a an organizational Failure, and that's that's something Vogel's preached too. Actually, Vogel has said at some points, you know, this is not just our failure. This is this is not just the players' failure. It's my failure. It's you know, it's everyone's failure, and we've all got to figure it out. And so, you know, maybe identifying those problems, maybe saying, okay, we're here now. Everyone played their part in getting us here. How do we move forward now? And I think that's the next big question for the Orlando Magic to answer. 
as they prepare for this next phase of the season, this now month run up, 23 days, you know, 25 days now till the trade deadline and real decisions need to be made. If the Magic can put together a run and it won't be easy, but if the Magic can put together a run, we'll see what happens. The odds are long right now. The odds are very long right now. But we'll see what happens. And if there's one guy, though, that I think most of, I don't know most of us, but if there's one guy, to me at least, that has done more than shoulder his burden this season, and especially in Sunday's game, it's Nikola Vucevic. On Friday, while the Magic were in Boston, there was a fresh trade rumor. Uh, the Orlando Magic and the Boston Celtics had reportedly, uh, according to, to uh, Asherod Blakely of CSN New England, uh, had reportedly discussed a trade involving Nikola Vucevic. Several more reports came out clarifying that. Uh, Mark Stein of ESPN.com reported that they were just you know kind of uh, introductory talks and never really advanced past there, but the Magic are still looking for a proven score uh, in the trade market. Um, Nikola Vucevic, a likely trade partner. But, you know, despite all these rumors going around Nikola Vucevic, and, and they're perfectly understandable considering his contract and, and the Magic's needs, despite these rumors, Nikola Vucevic, to me, if Alfred Payton's kind of the, if Alfred Payton's kind of the heartbeat and the engine for the team, Nikola Vucevic is kind of its soul. There's been one guy this season that has had to sacrifice more and try to do, you know, has had to sacrifice more uh, for his role and still expected to produce at a high level and do something that he's never really had to do more than Nikola Vucevic. And through all of that, I think it's pretty easy to say that he's succeeded. Especially in this this late this latest run. Uh, he's been playing a lot better since re-entering the starting lineup. And like I wrote last week, I, I do believe that, that Vucevic feels he holds a special responsibility to see this team reach the playoffs. Vucevic, of course, is the last player from the Dwight Howard trade. The only player that's been through all four and a half years now of this rebuild. And you can tell, you know, when he got when he got sent to the bench, when he got, uh, you know, when he was taken out of the starting lineup, it hurt him. He spent pretty much all summer saying, I'm the starter. In fact, even Friday he said, I feel I'm the best player on the team, and to me, that's not a. I mean, and I, you know, some people probably would take offense to that uh, on the team. But honestly, if you, I mean, if you're in the NBA and you're starting, and especially on a team like this, you got to feel like you're the best player on the team sometimes. And maybe you don't say it like he did, but right now, Vucevic is playing like the best player on the team, the most consistent player on the team, at least, because you know, while Vucevic is not a star, and Vucevic maybe won't bring his bring other players 
up to another level. I mean, he's not that kind of player. He is a player that just does his job and gets the job done. And he did that again Sunday night. First quarter when it seemed like it was going to be a shootout and the Magic couldn't defend anybody, Nikola Vucevic was the one kind of keeping the tempo going and scoring. In the second quarter when the Magic made the run, it was Vucevic leading the charge with his jumper. And and others were certainly setting him up. But Vucevic was... Working was was getting his doing his work, and that's what he's always done for the Magic. That's what he's always done for this team. And then in the second half, they weren't going to him as much. He was a little bit more of a distributor, but his defense carried the day, and that's what's different. That's what's different about Nikola Vucevic today. That's what's different about Nikola Vucevic today and what makes him possibly more valuable, but maybe not. His defense has taken a leap. He wasn't blocking that Kyle Lowry shot. He wasn't blocking four shots at all at any point last year or in the years before. Yet, that's what the Magic needed him to do. And in Sunday's game, he had the confidence to hold his verticality and not just block shots, but change more than a few shots. And obviously, he did his work on the glass as well. And more often than not, and it's not 100% of the time yet, it's maybe four out of five games or five out of six games or you know, you know, four out of six games or something like that. Most games, Nikola Vucevic is going to get his averages and get his work done. And he's going to play good defense. He's going to protect the rim a little bit. Not like in the, you know, highlight block way, but he's going to be an impediment. He's going to do stay in his coverage and trust his teammates to do their jobs behind him. And 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 he seemed the most frustrated of anyone on Friday with how the team played. But, you know, Vucevic's numbers are down, offensive numbers are down, but it's not a coincidence it's it's not a coincidence to me despite the magic's poor defensive rating he is in the top 20 in defensive box plus minus according to basketballreference.com he's having the best defensive year of his career right now and Vucevic is just steady He's, he's a rock for the Magic. Maybe not enough with, with enough, maybe not with enough gravity to, to, to affect anyone else on the team. But if you give him the ball, he'll do his work. And that's valuable. That's valuable to this team, and, and frankly, I think it's valuable to the to the soul of the Magic fan right now, and the soul of the Magic in general, because of everything he's had to go through and fight for. 
Whether Vucevic will actually be there when the Magic return to the playoffs is another question entirely. Because those trade rumors are real. And I don't think they're going anywhere. His contract is too valuable, too too cheap, not to pass up on. Or not to shop around to, to improve the roster. Because Vucevic will have value somewhere. I mean, when this when that deal hit and, and we started, you know, kind of pitching ideas for deals with the Celtics, Celtics fans were licking their chops. They think he would be a great addition to the Boston Celtics. And he would probably fit that team really well too, especially with the way Vogels taught him how to play defense or the way he's changed his defense this year. And and to give Scott Skiles credit, Vucevic was better, was good la- was not great last year on defense, but was better than he was before. This year he's been at least league average passable on defense, which is a which is a big I mean, that's not that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but um it's 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 definitely a step up. So It'll be interesting to see what happens with Nikola Vucevic, and it'll be interesting to see what direction the Magic go with him and whether he... whether he continues to take this step up and whether he continues to be someone the Magic can rely on. And we know he's going to be someone the Magic can rely on because that's what he's done in his four years with the Magic. He just does the work. And frankly, playing your role is all you can ask for a player. And the, and and I think Nikola Vucevic has largely played his role. He sacrificed a ton and played his role, and he's done it because he really likes being in Orlando and wants to be a Magic player and wants some recognition, perhaps for for the work that he's done. And so, uh, you know, if if you ask me, Nikola Vucevic is 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 kind of the soul of the team, and and um, in in a good way. I want to thank everyone for listening to Locked On Magic today. We hope we got you caught up with the Magic over the weekend here on the show. Remember, the Orlando Magic take on the Minnesota Timberwolves at eight o'clock at the Target Center in Minneapolis. That game will air on Fox Sports Florida, as every Magic game does at this at this top, this point. I remember also, if you're not in the Orlando area, you can check it out on League Pass. Uh, be sure to go check out the Locked On NFL Podcast and the Locked On Locked On NFL Podcast Network. The Pro Bowl, of course, was just in Orlando. It was a rousing success from everything I gathered. Sellout crowd at Camping World Stadium for the Pro Bowl. So be sure to get your Pro Bowl recaps from any of the Locked On NFL podcasts. I'm sure someone, one of the one of those 32 podcasts. We'll cover them. You can find those on iTunes and Audio Boom. Special shout out to our pals at Locked On Bucks, Locked On Jags, and Locked On Dolphins. Be sure to check out those three podcasts as they phase into the off-season mode. Uh, you know, it's always tough to fill content, but I'm sure they will do it just fine. Of course, the Super Bowl is this Sunday as well, so that's always exciting too. You know, you, you get to. You know, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. I mean, it's 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 kind of a national event more than a football event. Uh, on top of all that, you can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as on Facebook. Give us a like at LockedOnMagic. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can subscribe to podcasts and get them on your podcast-enabled listening device, or whatever that may be. 
We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic with a complete recap of Monday's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.